Chapter Fourteen of the Mysteries of Paris, Volume One by Eugène Sue. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fourteen: The Bleeding Heart. The landlord of the Bleeding Heart, after having responded to the signal of the schoolmaster, advanced politely to the threshold of his door. This personage, whom Rodolph had been to see in the Cité and whom he did not yet know under his true name, or rather his habitual surname, was Bras Rouge lank mean-looking and feeble this man might be fifty years of age his countenance resembled both the weasel and the rat his peaked nose his receding chin his high cheekbones his small eyes black restless and keen gave his features an indescribable expression of malice cunning and sagacity an old brown wig or rather as yellow as his bilious complexion perched on the top of his head showed the nape of the old fellow's withered neck he had on a round jacket and one of those long black aprons worn by the waiters at the wine-shops our three acquaintances had hardly descended the last step of the staircase when a child of about ten years of age rickety lame and somewhat misshapen came to rejoin bras rouge whom he resembled in so striking a manner that there was no mistaking them for father and son there was the same quick and cunning look joined to that impudent hardened and knavish air which is peculiar to the scamp Voyou, of paris that fearful type of precocious depravity that real hemp seed graine de bang as they style it in the horrible slang of the jail the forehead of the brat was half lost beneath a thatch of yellowish locks as harsh and stiff as horsehair reddish-coloured trousers and a grey blouse confined by a leather girdle completed tortillard's costume whose nickname was derived from his infirmity he stood close to his father standing on his sound leg like a heron by the side of a marsh ah here is the darling one mom said the schoolmaster finette night is coming on and time is pressing we must profit by the daylight which is left to us you are right my man i will ask the father to spare his darling good day old friend said bras rouge addressing the schoolmaster in a voice which was cracked sharp and shrill what can i do for you why if you could spare your small boy to my mistress for a quarter of an hour she has lost something which she could help her to look for bras rouge winked his eye and made a sign to the schoolmaster and then said to the child tortillard go with madame the hideous brat hopped forward and took hold of the one-eyed's hand love of a bright boy come along there is a child said finette and how like his father he is not like pigriotte who always pretended to have a pain in her side when she came near me a little baggage come come away be off finette keep your weather eye open and bright lookout i await you here i won't be long go first tortillard the one-eyed hag and the little cripple went up the slippery steps finette take the umbrella the brigand called out it would be in the way my man said the old woman who quickly disappeared with tortillard in the midst of the fog which thickened with the twilight and the hollow murmur of the wind as it moaned through the thick and leafless branches of the tall elms in the champs elysees let us go in said rodolph it was requisite to stoop in passing in at the door of the cabaret which was divided into two apartments in one was a bar and a broken-down billiard-table in the other tables and garden chairs which had once been painted green 
two narrow windows with their cracked panes festooned with spider's webs cast a dim but not religious light on the damp walls rodolph was alone for one moment only during which bras rouge and the schoolmaster had time to exchange some words rapidly uttered and some mysterious signs you'll take a glass of beer or brandy perhaps whilst we wait for finette said the schoolmaster no i am not thirsty do as you like i am for a drain of brandy said the ruffian and he seated himself on one of the little green tables in the second apartment darkness came on to this den so completely that it was impossible to see in one of the angles of this inner apartment the open mouth of one of those cellars which are entered by a door in two divisions one of which was constantly kept open for the convenience of access the table at which the schoolmaster sat was close upon this dark and deep hall and he turned his back upon it so that it was entirely concealed from rodolph's view he was looking through the window in order to command his countenance and conceal the workings of his thoughts the sight of murphy speeding through the allée des veuves did not quite assure him he was afraid that the worthy squire had not quite understood the full meaning of his note necessarily so laconic and containing only these words this evening ten o'clock be on your guard resolved not to go to the allée des veuves before that moment nor to lose sight of the schoolmaster for an instant he yet trembled at the idea of losing the only opportunity that might ever be afforded him of obtaining that secret which he was so excessively anxious to possess although he was powerful and well armed yet he had to deal with an unscrupulous assassin capable of any and everything not desiring however that his thoughts should be detected he seated himself at the table with the schoolmaster and by way of seeming at his ease called for a glass of something bras rouge having exchanged a few words in a low tone with the brigand looked at rodolph with an air in which curiosity distrust and contempt were mingled it is my advice young man said the schoolmaster that if my wife informs us that the persons we wish to see are within we had better make our call about eight o'clock that will be two hours too soon said rodolph and that will spoil all do you think so i am sure of it bah amongst friends there should be no ceremony i know them well and i tell you that we must not think of going before ten o'clock are you out of your senses young man i give you my opinion and devil fetch me if i stir from here before ten o'clock don't disturb yourself i never close my establishment before midnight said bras rouge in his falsetto voice it is the time when my best customers drop in and my neighbors never complain of the noise which is made in my house i must agree to all you wish young man continued the schoolmaster be it so then we will not set out on our visit until ten o'clock here is the chouette said bras rouge hearing and replying to a warning cry similar to that which the schoolmaster had uttered before he descended to the subterraneous abode a minute afterwards the chouette entered the billiard-room alone it is all right my man i've done the trick cried the one-eyed hag as she entered bras rouge discreetly withdrew without asking a word about tortillard whom perhaps he did not expect to see return the belle dame sat with her face towards rodolph and the brigand well said the schoolmaster the young fellow has told us all true so far ah you see i was right exclaimed rodolph let the chouette tell her tale young man come tell us all about it finette 
i went straight to number seventeen leaving tortillard on the lookout and concealed in a corner it was still daylight and i rung at a side door which opens outwards and here's about two inches of space between it and the sill nothing else to notice i rang the porter opened before i pulled the bell i had put my bonnet in my pocket that i might look like a neighbour as soon as i saw the porter i pretended to cry violently saying that i had lost a pet parrot cocotte a little darling that i adored i told him i lived in the rue marboeuf and that i had pursued cocotte from garden to garden and entreated him to allow me to enter and try and find the bird ah said the schoolmaster with an air of proud satisfaction pointing to finette what a woman very clever said rodolph and what then the porter allowed me to look for the creature and i went trotting all around the garden calling cocotte cocotte and looked about me in every direction to scrutinize everything inside the walls continued the horrid old hag going on with her description of the premises inside the walls trellis work all around a perfect staircase at the left-hand corner of the wall a fir-tree just like a ladder a lying-in woman might descend by it the house has six windows on the ground floor and has no upper story six small windows without any fastening the windows of the ground floor close with shutters having hooks below and staples in the upper part press in the bottom use your steel file a push said the schoolmaster and it is open the chouette continued the entrance has a glass door two venetian blinds outside memorandum said the ruffian quite correct it is as precise as if we saw it said rodolph on the left resumed the chouette near the courtyard is a well the rope may be useful for at that particular spot there is no trellis against the wall in case retreat should be cut off in the direction of the door on entering into the house you got inside the house then young man she got inside the house said the schoolmaster with pride to be sure i got in not finding cocotte i had made so much lamentation that i pretended i was quite out of breath i begged the porter to allow me to sit down on the step of the door and he very kindly asked me to step in offering me a glass of wine and water a glass of plain water i said plain water only my good sir then he made me go into the antechamber carpeted all over good precaution footsteps or broken glass cannot be heard if we must mill the glaze break a pane of glass right and left doors with sliding bolts which open by a gentle push from the top at the bottom was a strong door locked it looked very like a money chest i had my wax in my basket she had her wax young man she never goes without her wax said the brigand the chouette proceeded it was necessary to approach the door which smelled so strongly of the cash so i pretended that i was seized with a fit of coughing so violent that i was compelled to lean against the wall for support hearing me cough the porter said 
i'll fetch you a morsel of sugar to put in your water he probably looked for a spoon for i heard plate chink plate in the room on the left hand don't forget that fourline well coughing and wheezing i reached the door at the bottom i had my wax in the palm of my hand i leaned against the lock as though accidentally and here is the impression we may not want it to-day but another time it may be useful and the chouette gave the brigand a bit of yellow wax on which the print of the lock was perfectly impressed you can tell us whether this is the door of the money chest said the chouette it is and there is the cash replied rodolph and then said to himself has murphy then been the dupe of this cursed old hag perhaps so and he only expects to be assailed at ten o'clock by that time every precaution will have been taken but all the money is not there continued the chouette and her one green eye sparkled as i approached the window still searching for my darling cocotte i saw in one of the chambers door on the left some bags of crown pieces in a bureau i saw them as plainly as i see you my man there were at least a dozen of them where is tortillard said the schoolmaster in his hiding-place not more than two paces from the garden he can see in the dark like a cat there is only that one entrance to number seventeen so when we go he will tell us if any one has come or not that's good the schoolmaster had scarcely uttered these words than he made a sudden rush at rodolph grappled him by the throat and flung him violently down the cellar which was yawning behind the table the attack was so rapid unexpected and powerful that rodolph could neither foresee nor avoid it the chouette alarmed uttered a piercing shriek for at the first moment she had not seen the result of the struggle when the noise of rodolph's body rolling down the steps had ceased the schoolmaster who knew all the ways and windings of the underground vaults in the place went down the stairs slowly listening as he went fourline be on your guard cried the beldame leaning over the opening of the trap draw your pinking iron the brigand disappeared without any reply for a time nothing was heard but at the end of a few moments the distant noise of a door shutting which creaked on its rusty hinges sounded harshly in the depths of the cavern then all was again still as death the darkness was complete the chouette fumbled in her basket and then producing a lucifer match lighted a wax taper whose feeble ray made visible the darkness of this dreary den at this moment the monster visage of the schoolmaster appeared at the opening of the trap the chouette could not repress an exclamation of horror at the sight of his ghastly seamed mutilated and fearful face with eyes that gleamed like phosphorus and seemed to glare on the ground even in the midst of the darkness which the lighted taper could not entirely dissipate having subdued her feeling of fright the old hag exclaimed in a tone of horrible flattery you must be an awful man fourline for even i was frightened yes i quick quick for the allée des veuves said the ruffian securely closing the double flap of the trap with a bar of iron in another hour perhaps it will be too late if it is a trap it is not yet baited if it is not we can do the job alone End of chapter 14